Hey, it's Alan Carter. Here's what's on the podcast today. Sam Oosterhoff using his social media to out himself for his family gatherings. Where's the mask, Sam? Plus, Global's Kath McDonald tells us what led to a murder outside an LCBO. Plus, the mayor of Oakville, Rob Burton, explains why Halton doesn't need to roll back to modified stage two. All of that is coming up. Let's get to it. Happy beginning of the week, which is precisely like last week and the week before that and the week to come and the week after that. Round and round and round we go. Here's a, a, a tip I have. Here is, this is a, um, a public service announcement. If you are indoors, if you are doing anything where you're indoors, there's a lot of people around, tell you what, put on a mask. You just, it's the right thing to do. Now here is the special public service announcement. If you are a politician who occasionally tells other people what they should be doing and, you know, exhorts them to follow the advice, then doubly so. Please put on a mask. Sam Oosterhoff, what were you thinking? Sam Oosterhoff, the Niagara area MPP, Posting some photos over the weekend, himself, a bunch of other people, lots and lots of people, kids, all close together, no masks. Nobody wearing a mask, and he puts it right up there on his old Twitter feed just for the whole world to see, like nothing's going on, like there is no pandemic. What? I said, pardon? What are you doing, Sam? What are you thinking about? And Sam Oosterhoff has uh, now apologized in a statement to Global News, Sam Oosterhoff from Niagara West says, quote, this was an event at a staffed banquet hall with under 50 people, including five tables, distanced and limited to under 10 people each. However, I should have worn a mask when we took a quick pick, given the proximity of everyone, and I apologize for failing to do so. And if you see that picture, we'll try and get that up on our Instagram webpage. You'll probably say to yourself, well, now that doesn't look like it's within the rules. Not even, not, you know, not even one of those foreshortened shots. You know, you remember back when, you know, it was nice out and you see the shots down at the beaches and it just looked like people were on top of each other. But really, it's depth of field, people. It's about the depth of field. This is not not a depth of field thing. This is masks this is protect a, you and your dank squad. That's right. The masks help out. So you got Sam Oosterhoff. That's on the provincial level, and of course on the federal level, you have the uh, Minister of Health, Patty Haidu, who was uh, photographed. I believe it was in Alberta uh, at the Edmonton uh, airport. I believe, uh, and somebody snapped a pic of her. And there she is looking like she's, uh, it looks like an airport lounge, one of those sweet airport lounges. Remember that? Remember back in the old day, back in the before times when you'd go to an airport lounge, when you'd do things like that. Now you, now that, now the only reason you're doing that is because for some reason you're a you know, politician going back and forth across the country or for, you know, you have some real reason to do it. But there she is in the airport lounge, no mask, sans mask, ne pas de mask, you know if I wanted to be bilingual about it. And uh, now she did not put that her on her own Twitter. So she didn't just take, here's a shot of me with no mask. I put that on my social media. Did not do that. It was put up uh, by somebody else who exhorted her to, you know, to do as you say. You know, 
do as you preach. Well, the minister shot right back, shot right back and said, listen, I wear a mask whenever I'm indoors, whenever I need to, except for when I'm eating and drinking. Now, in the picture in in question, the minister is not exactly working back a muffin or anything. There's no, there's no muesli. She's not dining on any kind of sunny way. It's none of that. You've got to be kidding me. So now the minister's spokesperson has said, well, just because, you know, the old depth of field, on the other side of her there, there is, uh, you know, a, a variety of snacks. That That is why she doesn't have a mask on, because she's not, you know, she's presently engaged in snacking, which, as you know, you're allowed to take off your mask if you're eating or you're drinking, you're sitting down, you know, you go into it, even in a restaurant in the places that aren't hot spots in Ontario, you can go in there, you can take off your mask, you can have something to eat, even for Sam Oosterhoff, he's allowed to eat at that banquet table, provided that social distancing and physical distancing is uh, kept in mind. It's just, here's, and I'll, again, I'll circle back over to it again, public service announcement, politicians out there, you are held to a high standard. If you are the person wagging your finger at us, then you best be sure, you best be sure that you're following the rules. And whether that's Sam Oosterhoff taking photos with all of his family, and there's, there's like 800 Oosterhoffs there, too. It's just, I don't know, man, they're breeding them out there in Niagara or something. Whether you're Sam Oosterhoff or or whether you're Patty Haidu, I mean, you know what? Just just for your own, just for your own uh, peace of mind, just always have a muffin in your hand. Just always be holding a Danish of some just some kind of baked good. That way, nobody nobody can criticize me, criticize you. Now that's the more, uh, shall we say, lighter-hearted aspect of the masks, although the Ontario Hospital Association doesn't think too light-heartedly of Sam Oosterhoff, has called for him to step down as parliamentary assistant to Stephen Lecce, the Minister of Education. But something much more, much more serious happened at Vic Park and Danforth. This is right in my neighborhood. This is my local liquor store, and... This is a mixed neighborhood, and it can be a bit of ruffle-tumble here at this liquor store, but what happened over the weekend is absolutely shocking. And our Catherine McDonald is our crime specialist and joins us on the line, I believe. Catherine, are you with us? I am sitting here outside the LCBO where you frequently attend, apparently. <laughs> All right, let's not get totally carried away, but this is my neighborhood liquor store. Uh, and tell us what, what you know about what happened. Well, I can tell you right now it's closed and it's surrounded by crime scene tape. And that's because uh, police say yesterday around 530, a 21-year-old man named uh, Jacob Sudomariki, they've now identified him, got into a verbal altercation with a 20-year-old man who was also in the liquor store. And he was with a a woman. Uh, This verbal altercation um, spilled out into the parking lot. Uh, Sudomariki began to run. Shots were heard. And... He then fell to the ground. He was rushed to hospital where he died. Police sources tell Global News that this verbal altercation that happened inside the LCBO was over social distancing or perhaps lack thereof. Uh, I think we've all been in the situation where we're shopping and uh, we see someone and we're not we're a little bit uncomfortable. Is it exactly what happened? I think police luckily will have very good video surveillance because, as you know, the, these stores have uh, cameras everywhere, as, as would the parking lot. 
but yes, these, uh, this 20-year-old man and this woman, they fled the scene uh, eastbound in a Honda Civic, and they were arrested a short time later. Police have now arrested that 20-year-old man and charged him with first-degree murder. The woman is not facing charges. And so, um, yeah, this is a, a, a tragic case of uh, two young people who got into a fight, uh, apparently, uh, according to our sources, over uh, COVID rules and uh, maybe the lack of social distancing. We do, do we have exactly Kath, you got any indication that you said you said social distancing or physical distancing? Any right. indication that this was mask specific? No indication of exactly what the you know the words that were exchanged were. Obviously, we'd love to hear from anyone who might have been there yesterday, and I'm sure there were other people because, according to the release that just came out from Toronto Police, both of the the parties involved uh, had just they both finished making their purchases. Uh, you know, I mean, normally. Um, you haven't had a drink when you go to the LCBO. So, uh, but was it just a, uh, the stress of being in the uh, in the LCBO and a lot? Of, maybe there were a lot of people. Five thirty on a Sunday, you know. There's, uh, I I can't even imagine what what that fight would have been like. There must have been other people in there. Certainly, the employees would have heard it. But uh, uh, police say that when Sudamariki, the 21 year old, left, he began to run through the lot, and that's when the shots were, were heard. And we we did speak to a man who lives right next to this liquor store he said he heard the, the gunshot he came out and saw this man lying on the ground um and yeah i mean just a terrible situation uh, unbelievable really when i i remember mentioning it to my husband last night that this was the story was emerging and he says who takes a gun to a liquor store and i said uh and sadly um, this is what happens in part in you know in toronto we've seen it happen and uh so it's hard to believe that this is what's happening but clearly, have police recovered a, a weapon so police have recovered shell casings and they've recovered a knife, uh, but that's what—that's all we know. We don't know about the gun, uh, but he was shot, so there must have been a gun here. And um, yeah, it's sho- it is shocking to think that uh, was it, was the gun in the store? Was it was it in a car? We don't know. But there are three vehicles that are still behind the police tape, and surely police are going to be going through those vehicles, and uh, they're they're now doing a, a very detailed forensic exam of the scene and the parking lot. Catherine McDonald with the very latest on this uh, developing situation. Any um, expectation of a police update today in terms of a press conference, anything like that on your radar? Well, they've just announced this arrest, the, the fact that uh, Michael Roberts is now charged with first-degree murder. We're going to find out what happens. That is his court appearance. He cannot uh, apply. He cannot get bail at this point. He has to apply for a hearing because it is a, a first-degree murder charge. So. We're going to try and find out more about who this victim is and, and who the accused is and, and more about exactly what led to this uh, fatal shooting. All right, Catherine. Catherine McDonald is our crime reporter here for Global News. Uh, looking forward to your story on that uh, absolutely tragic and shocking situation. Uh, Vic Park and Danforth. Thanks, Catherine. Appreciate you being on as always. 530. Thanks. All right, uh, that's Catherine McDonald, who you can see her story tonight at 530 and 6 o'clock tonight on television. As we check our daily case numbers, 851 is your daily case number for Monday. This follows two really not great numbers over the weekend, especially yesterday. 
uh, and two days in a row where we set uh, single day records. And as you look at those numbers, and I, 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 you know, I'm a bit of a broken record on this, but don't get too freaked out by those daily case numbers because they go up and they go down, and it's really the seven day average on terms of case numbers that you're looking at. But it's some other numbers that I always point to that I think are more interesting and more telling as to what is going on in our community and in the city and in the suburbs as well. As you look at that test number, 28.6, again, that number comes down over the course of the weekend, 28,652 tests, well, well below what we know the capacity is and pending numbers at 17,006. And we've heard from the Minister of Health that part of the problem here is that there's been such a ratcheting down on the test procedures, the test protocols, who gets a test, where are you supposed to go to get a test, no more lineups, you got to have an appointment, all that sort of thing has really eliminated the, the higher test numbers, so we're not getting the high test numbers. Here's a hospitalization number that is not great from over the weekend, plus 17. That is plus 17 on your hospitalization, again, a lagging indicator. And here's one that I'm paying close attention to, and I know the health table too is, and that is the case number in Halton region. Halton region, in the past 24 hours, the new number is 27, the cases. Uh, And the Premier talking on the weekend about perhaps Halton would soon be joining a modified stage two, along with Toronto, Peel, York, and Ottawa, and um, both mayors and local MPPs, uh, local representatives, uh, penning a letter to the health table saying, where is the evidence that this region needs to join those regions? And to get more perspective on that, I'm pleased to welcome to the program Rob Burton, who is the mayor of Oakville. Welcome, Mayor. Thank you for having me. That number, I I always say... I always say don't get too tied up in the numbers, but 27 is your Halton number today. Uh, give that. Give me some perspective on that number. Well, what I've been told is that uh, the seven-day rolling average, which you mentioned, is one of the key numbers that the health table uh, looks at, and um, and apparently the red line is 30. And I can tell you that for the last three days, our seven-day rolling average number has been under 30. And uh, for, I think, four days before that, uh, it was over 30. It was running about 32. And it was under 30 before that. Um, And that sort of uh, coincides with the uh, reprieve from a lockdown that we got uh, one cycle back. And uh, today, I don't know if you've heard, but the Premier's office announced that they're not going to roll us back today. uh, And uh, we'll look forward to more information from the premier and his health table in the days ahead. Do you think that that announcement that it's not coming today, do you think that your letter and the letter that, uh, for example, Jane McKenna and others sent to the health table, that played an impact on that? I'm hoping that it did. My impression is that they're listening to uh, the, they're listening to the the health experts, they're, they're listening to the science, but they're also listening to us here on the ground. And we, we were just pointing out very factually that um, we're, not, um, we're not the hotspot like these other places are. Um, you know, you talked about 27 for us. Uh, uh, I heard a few minutes ago that for Peel it was 215, 
And that means that it's seven times more, I mean, 215, seven times more than uh, or, or so than uh, us, but they're only about less than two and a half times our size. So you can see there's quite a disparity there. Um, and then uh, there's, a, there's a health unit in eastern Ontario whose population is roughly the same as Oakville. They were crying out last week for the premier to put them into the same mode that he had put Ottawa. And the premier said, no, your numbers aren't as bad as Ottawa. And you have the power locally and your medical officer of health to, to do whatever you think is necessary. That medical officer of health promptly uh, did introduce some restrictions, uh, but he did not shut down their, the, uh, the restaurants and other businesses that have not been generating cases. And he made a point of, of calling out that difference. Uh, our own medical officer of health, uh, likewise, used her local powers to um, respond to uh, cases popping up in exercise places like a, a, a spin cycle place, for example. Um, and, uh, and we're way more content with that because it feels more sensible. It feels like you're uh, going to deal with the places that are making the cases instead of a whole geography. Just uh, running down some of those numbers that you mentioned, as you mentioned, Peel and the daily case number is 215. Uh, If we were to look at York above Toronto, that's at 90. Uh, As we mentioned, uh, Halton's at 27, but look at Hamilton's number is 41. So from your reading of the numbers, would you say, well, you know, if if Halton was going to go in, you know, Hamilton would have to go to a modified stage two before Halton. Well, I, I'm sure there are more factors than just this one, uh, you know, the seven-day rolling average. I, I think they look at hospital hospital utilization. Oh, I try to say that fast. <laughs> uh, and uh, ICU utilization and ventilator uh, utilization. All of that, by the way, in Halton is very low. What, what do you make of... This is where we kind of get into some trouble here is is that, you know, we have obviously a central command table, then we have local public health units, um, and there's always a tension, a push, and a pull between one and the other. We've seen that, obviously, with what happened in Toronto and Davila saying, look, we want to go to a modified stage two, and it's taking a week for the province to actually come around to that. Is it helpful to have local politicians saying, no, no, not us, not us, not us? Well, I, I don't know. Um we, uh, the, the, the uh, Marianne Meadward, the mayor of Burlington, and Rick Bennett, the mayor of Halton Hills, Gord Krantz, the mayor of Milton, and I, and Gary Carr, the chair of our region, we think that uh, we stayed on the right side of that line because we said we'd like to see the evidence that justifies whatever move you do. And, uh, and, and, and we were implicitly saying, gee, when you look at our numbers, you're going to have trouble painting us to be quite the same as these other folks. So I, I don't know that we're doing anything except asking them to uh, uh, explain themselves and show their evidence. Uh, but you know what? There's a brighter sign here. Uh, you and I both know that this is going to be months and months. We're going to be into next year. We've got a long time ahead of us we've got to go through. And uh, if I look back over the last eight months, we moved from a province-wide blanket to 34 little blankets, you know, one for each health district. And now 
if you look at how we're treating workplaces and education places, you'll see that we're moving to a more refined uh, approach where we're dealing with the actual places with the cases. And when you get to the schools, if there's a case in a classroom, we don't shut the school. We only uh, we, we try to isolate the class and uh, ditto at work uh, at the big workplaces. So there's a there's a clear progression to a more and more refined use of evidence that makes sense because we've had, uh, never mind the, the, um, the difficulty of the last few days in terms of lower test numbers, if you look over the full sweep of the eight months, we've gotten much more testing and tracing, and that's giving us more refined data that I think will allow us to continue in this direction that I'm describing from provincial-wide to, to 34 regions to, um, uh, in, certain, in certain cases, um, uh, being focused on the places, like uh, work, you know, workplaces and school, education places. We're working to keep them open by, by isolating and separating the, uh, the cases. So, uh, and when you think about it, public health has traditionally been in that mode, um, not in this ge- geographic mode. Uh, speaking with uh, the mayor of Oakville, Rob Burton, and just before I let you go, uh, Mr. Mayor, I, I hope this isn't too much of a personal question. I'm going to pose this to my uh, listeners in just a moment. It's a, a study that I just noticed. Hey, how often do you wash your masks, Mr. Mayor? Oh, well, <laughs> every day. Really? I, uh, Come yeah, on. I have, no, I. you don't know my wife. <laughs> I've been married 45 years, and my strength is obedience. That's the secret to a long marriage. <laughs> and, and she has underlying conditions, so she's got, she's got might and right on her side to compel my good behavior. So I, I leave that with you. Uh, Keep your wife happy. You'll have a much happier life. (laughs) That's uh, great advice. Uh, Rob Burton, the mayor of Oakville, appreciate you being on the program today. Thanks for your time. Bye-bye. That is the podcast for today. Don't forget to catch the Alan Carter Show weekdays beginning at noon.